0: On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we're going to continue our look at evidences and look at evidences
1: for the resurrection. We've got kind of a theme going. The, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about evidences for the existence of God. We also talked about um, evidences against evolution. Right. And we've been asking for our listeners to give their best arguments in those. In those. And, we're, and so we're doing that tonight. We're going to ask for your best arguments that you think most compelling, convincing things that prove that Jesus was actually resurrected from the dead.
2: All right, we're going to get started on that important discussion right now. 31381 Four five six seven, Or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
0: And this is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, March 14, 2019. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad.
1: Jacob, great to be with, to with you tonight. You.
0: Kyle is behind the controls. Kyle, glad that you're here tonight. It's good to be here. And uh, we're glad that you're listening on the other end of the line tonight. <coughs> and we want to hear from you. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com and in the chat room if you're watching us live. We would encourage you to contact us at any time. Questions at collegeu.com is the email address you can use. Maybe you've got a question about something you've heard. Maybe you disagree and would like to discuss that further. Or maybe you would just like to submit a question or subject or topic for a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We love when our listeners Suggest topics because then we know at least one person will be interested in listening to that program. Exactly right. And uh, we want to hear from you. Questions at collegeview. dot com. We also have some free bumper stickers if you'd like. We to, still got bumper stickers. If you'd like to borrow a little portion of your the back of your car somewhere, so you could help us get the word out about the program, uh, send us an email to questions at collegeview. dot com, and we'll get you a, a bumper sticker. In the mail.
1: And we also are are trying to get the word out that we are now live streaming our worship services and Bible studies. Kyle is working hard on that. And we've got that going. We, and we're getting some good participation and uh, audiences building. Uh, you can subscribe to that because even if you're not able to watch live, you can watch it in an archived uh, version. And so uh, that's not this channel, though. That's not the channel you're watching on right now, the Virtual Bible Study channel. we got a separate channel for those other streams and it's college view live stream so you
0: get to that on our website
1: we got a link on our college view homepage, or you can just go to youtube and search for college view live stream and and so it's easy to find all right and we hope that you'll check that out check out our sermon podcast
0: if you haven't subscribed to that you can find out more about that on our website as well we podcast a sermon that's presented here every week. Of course, now the podcast may,
1: Kyle's competing with the podcast. We may yeah, have we got, we're putting, the, we're putting the sermons out there in two different he ways may, now. May,
0: Kyle's gonna, yeah, he's probably gonna get more audience because he, they can actually watch. People
2: in their vehicles. lives, still want to listen to the podcast, oh, so that's, that's true. always a good thing. Maybe we thing. got the market Don't watch the. There. I recommend
1: not watch the YouTube and drive at the same time. Okay, all right. That's, that's true. true, that's true.
0: All right, so tonight, in a very, very well, vitally important uh, topic for us tonight. Yeah, there,
1: I, I actually think there's not any more important subject, uh, in, in regards to the broad question of evidences, there's not any more important question than, than the question, did Jesus raise from the dead? Because if he did then everything else about god and the bible and everything else is established if he did not nothing else in the bible matters that's right and, and so this is really a critical thing and all of us as christians need to be prepared to teach and explain our faith in the resurrection of jesus from the dead it's not a blind leap of faith it's it's a it's a proven fact we think that the evidence is overwhelming that Jesus was resurrected from the dead and, and everything we do basically hinges on that truth, uh, so we need to really be up on it all right and uh, and then
0: towards the end of the program, you want to talk about some uh maybe some Arguments people would make to sort of discredit the resurrection. Exactly. How do we answer those arguments? Yeah. So basically
1: that's what we asked. The first, the first question we asked to our update list today, and remember you can always get on our update list if you're not, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say add me to the list and we will. Our first question we sent out today was list the top three arguments, the three most convincing to you that Jesus rose from the dead. And then as you said, Jacob, at the end of the program, we're going to talk about how the skeptics try to explain away the resurrection and we'll deal with some of their arguments at yeah, the end. Yeah
0: pretty crazy uh arguments that they make to try and discredit this because hey, even the skeptics understand how vitally
1: important yeah, this is. If you if you are an enemy of Christianity, you know that you you've got to attack that resurrection story. If you can't if you can't do anything with the resurrection story, you go, you don't have a case. So they through the centuries skeptics and critics have been madly attacking the, the
0: same day of the resurrection exactly. even they started that argument. Exactly. And so it is a, a, an age old uh, uh
1: claim that those will make that this never happened because it is so vitally important to our faith. Yeah. Okay. So, let's talk uh, and I think we should probably Jacob should just go to we got a stack of emails here and others of you can add in the uh, in the chat room or send us another email right now. Uh let's let's see what some of our listeners think. All right, Kent in Calhoun,
0: Georgia starts off with the soldiers who guarded the tomb of Christ had to be bribed by the Jewish leaders to change their story, Matthew 28:11 through 15. Um and so that's the first one, and we can thank the scribes and Pharisees for that uh, confirmation force. The the ones who were the enemies of Christ actually provided us the uh, an excellent source of evidence that Christ rose from the dead.
1: Because they had to bribe the soldiers well, to say otherwise. Well, they put the
0: guards there to begin with.
1: Yes. Oh, that's what right. an what a,
0: what a excellent benefit that was to us that they put the guards there, they sealed the tomb. What, that, we've got perfect evidence now that, that no trickery or or Mischief happened that Christ actually rose from the dead
1: yeah and, and and then when when the tomb was empty, and the soldiers came to town, they didn 't go to their own superior officers because they knew they would be potentially even have their lives taken because they failed to guard their assigned post. they went to the jewish authorities mm-hmm. they they in Matthew 28, verse 12, they were assembled with the elders and taking counsel. They gave large money to the soldiers, saying, well, verse 13, they showed to the chief priests the things that were done. And so they gave large money to the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night, stolen away while we slept. If this thing comes to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money, did as they were taught. Notice, this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. In other words, this isn't some... Phony, made-up explanation that came along later. Lots of people in Jerusalem knew that the soldiers had been paid off to tell this lie. This was a commonly reported matter in Jerusalem at that time.
0: All right, so they they had to be paid to say that something happened. They they couldn't just uh, tell the story what happened.
1: Well, why did they go to the Jewish leadership rather than their own Roman uh, authorities? Uh, The Roman authorities probably would have had them executed for failing to do their assigned duty. That That was common discipline among Roman soldiers. They knew if they went to their own superior officers, they'd probably be killed. They went to the Jewish authorities, and the Jewish authorities bribed them to tell a lie and also said, if the governor finds out about this, we'll take care of you. Okay. I mean, Totally corrupt business, but that's the first proof that Kent mentions Thank here. Thank you, Kent, for that.
0: Uh, the second one he mentions is the recorded post-resurrection appearances of Christ. Considering the fact that the resurrection appearances occurred over such an extended period of time and in so many different places and so many different people, that the positive evidence is overwhelming. He appeared to one person at a time on, in certain instances, as well as to many
1: individuals as well. He references 1 Corinthians 15, verse 6. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that one person showed up sometime later and said, I saw Jesus. He's alive. It wasn't a handful of people. It wasn't a few dozen people there. In First Corinthians chapter fifteen, Paul says there were more than five hundred brethren at who saw time. him at one time, and, and I think that's really interesting the way that Paul. Uh, states that let me read that he he mentions all he, he gives a listing of the appearances uh, and in verse 6 he says after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once notice of whom the greater part remain unto this present but some are fallen asleep so the reports of the resurrection were circulated within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses this wasn't something that was dreamed up later on some of the, we'll talk about that. Some of the skeptics try to make that case that nobody even talked about a resurrection until centuries later, which is absolutely not true. The the reports of the resurrection were circulated within the, the lifetime of the eyewitnesses who saw it. And basically, Paul is saying there, most of the eyewitnesses are still alive. Go ask them yourself if you want right, to. Right. It wasn't that they were dead or that they were un, unapproachable or unfindable. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, great. And then finally,
0: Kent mentions the conversion of Paul. He had been a rabid opponent of both Christ and the New Testament church. He had been a prominent person among those in the Jewish religion. He had been known for his pharisaic uh, zeal and prejudice. In consideration of these uh, three facts, his conversion based upon adequate and genuine evidence indicates the reality and validity of the resurrection of Christ motivated him to become into becoming a Christian.
1: All right. he saw the Lord on the road to Damascus. He 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 became he became an eyewitness of the resurrection. In so doing, and it changed him hundred and eighty degrees. He was right. totally different. He'd been, as Kent said, he'd been terrible, a, a ringleader of the persecution against Christians, a skeptic of the skeptics. Uh, yeah, and and he became totally convinced, devoted his life, and it cost him everything, and it cost him his life. Uh, his position in society,
0: yeah. his life ultimately, yeah. and he was he was totally committed. Yeah. Something there, yeah. yeah, exactly right. All right, well, um, let's see. We'll get uh, we'll get Randy and Swartz Creek, Michigan. Uh, maybe Springs ahead of that way, Randy. Well, I, mean, I don't it's, uh, know. Uh, it's that, maybe that, a ways that, off. Still a ways off. in on Michigan. The horizon. Maybe he says why he believes in the resurrection of Christ. He says last week the virtual Bible study was about arguments for the existence of God. There is more than enough earnest or evidence. To show me that God is Jehovah God has revealed Himself to mankind and what He wants us uh, from us mankind to know.
1: Okay, I, I take it what Randy's saying there. We talked about the proof that there is a God. God says that Jesus is His only begotten Son and resurrected Savior. So He's sort of going the opposite, opposite way. way of what you started with. Yeah, He's saying, well, if there's a God and we believe that He is the God of the Bible and the proof is there, then He tells us about Jesus. It's got to be true. Okay. God can't lie. Nice angle
0: on that, Randy. Appreciate that. Number two, he said, I said this last week, the Bible was written by about 40 men over a period of about 1,500 years or more, men with varying degrees of education, different nationalities, and diverse cultures, containing 66 books of law, poetry, narrative, and poetry. Each Prophecy, I'm sorry. Each book reflects a unity of facts and purpose. We're told by the holy men of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to write that Jesus was resurrected
1: from the dead, and they also had seen Jesus after his resurrection. Okay, so here's another argument. We talk often about proofs of inspiration, and everything that proves that the Bible is inspired proves that Jesus was resurrected. Right. If the if the Bible is inspired, uh, the Holy Spirit directed men to write the inspired Word of God, and they wrote that the resurrection happened then that's a, another way to come back at the resurrection as being true because it's in the Bible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good good point, Randy. And then he references 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 8, as uh, Kent did. He says, when we read this in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then all of the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. All the witnesses. All the witnesses. Exactly. And then, Randy's going for extra credit. He gave us four reasons tonight. He says that the Jews could have uh, revealed the dead body of Jesus after the third day of his death. Uh, we would not be talking about his resurrection and there would be no Christianity today. The tomb was empty, Randy says. Exactly.
1: I think that's a great point, Randy. The empty tomb is an undisputable fact. Yep. It wasn't just the disciples who were saying the tomb was empty. The the authorities, both Roman and Jewish authorities, were saying they had to admit the tomb was empty. And if they had the body... They would have drug the rotting corpse out, drug it through the streets of Jerusalem, and that would have been the, end, have been of the end of it. Yeah, that's right. And they didn't. They okay. couldn't. Excellent points, Randy. Thank you for your comments tonight. Randy's in the chat
0: room, and uh, if you're in the chat room tonight, why don't you sign in and chat with
1: Randy? We assume everything's going okay now. Hang we had a little listeners. trouble getting started this night, yeah. but uh, and we're about five minutes off schedule, so we ought to grab a break here, Let's Jay. Let's get one, and when we get back, we're going to continue the discussion Up next, Stephen, he's out in Iowa, I think.
0: Uh, We're going to take his comments uh, on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this.
2: Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this.
3: Hello, my name is Trent Haynes, and I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. In a scanning of the book of Proverbs, it provides us several reasons to discipline our children. To show you don't hate them. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Chapter 13, verse 24. To give them hope. Discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death. Chapter 19, verse 18. To help them for a lifetime, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not turn from it. Chapter 22, verse 6. To chase away foolishness. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Chapter 22, verse 15. To save his soul, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. Punish him with a rod and save his soul from death. Chapter 23, verses 13 through 14. For your own comfort, discipline your child, and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Chapter 29, verse 17. Parents need to read and understand these passages. So too should our children.
1: Here's some quotes worth pondering. The person who thinks he knows everything has a lot to learn. Learn to say no, and it will do you more good than being able to speak many foreign languages. Man, wish I would said that.
2: Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program tonight as we look
0: at the arguments uh, proving the resurrection of Christ. And we have numerous arguments, lots of evidence that shows that Christ did, in fact, raise from the dead. Steve in Iowa sends in his comments tonight. Number one, the empty tomb. The apostles and all their teachings always spoke of the resurrection but never spoke in regard to the proof of the empty tomb. Why? Those that saw the empty tomb knew that it was empty, but the question to argue was why was it empty, and what the emptiness proved. Jewish authorities tried to even cover up the story through bribery, and he references Matthew twenty-eight
1: eleven through fifteen again. Exactly. I got a couple quotes here. When, uh, when both the Jews and the Romans admitted that the tomb of Jesus was empty. In legal terms, that's called positive evidence from a hostile source. Okay, you've got to explain that. Okay, here's uh, Paul Meyer. This is a quote from Paul Meyer in a book called The Empty Tomb as History. He says, this is positive evidence from a hostile source, which is the strongest kind of historical evidence. In essence, this means that if a source admits a fact decidedly not in its own favor then that fact is genuine. The way way I've explained this before is, let's say there's a murder trial. Kyle has been arrested for murder. And so the prosecuting attorney has a gun, and uh, he claims that this gun is registered to Kyle. So at the trial, Kyle's on the witness stand. He's being accused of murder. And and the prosecuting attorney brings this gun over to Kyle. He says, I want to know, Mr. Barnes, is this your gun? And we know it's the murder weapon. You know the ballistics have proved this is the gun that shot the the, the deadly we- uh, the deadly bullet. I want to know is this your gun? And Kyle does not want to have to admit that that's his gun. But he has there's really no way to get around it. They it, it's a, it's an established deal. He and so he says, well yes, but and the guy cuts him off. He don't want to hear. All he wants to hear is that acknowledgement. It's his gun. Kyle didn't want to admit it, but he has to admit it. That's, it takes the question off the table. It's proved in the jury's mind at that point. It's completely. Well, it's, there's, no, there's no debate about there's it now. There's no debate, yeah. Because so, he had nothing to gain by admitting it was his gun. But he couldn't deny it. And he couldn't deny it. And yeah. so, so that's the idea of, of positive evidence from a hostile source. Uh, another, Ron Sider, in a book called A Case for Easter, I don't like that title, but he, said, uh, he, he says if the Christians and their Jewish opponents both agreed the tomb was empty, we have little choice but to accept the empty tomb as a historical fact. Uh, and, and the Jews never did. I mean, read the New Testament through. And read especially the historical uh, narratives in the book of Acts, and the Jews never tried to deny the empty tomb. Uh, no. And and as as uh, because they couldn't uh, deny it. Yeah, uh, and as Randy said, if they could have produced the body, they would have.
0: Excellent, excellent. Thank you, uh, Steve, for that comment. And he says his number two argument for the rec- resurrection. He says the resurrection brought apostles back together. Mark fourteen verse fifty speaks to the apostles splitting during the trials of Jesus. After his death they were clearly depressed and did not think about Jesus being re- resurrected on the third day he references Luke 24:13 through 29. However, after his appearing it motivated them to return to Jerusalem Luke 24:33 through 35 so they could receive the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1. No one doubts the authenticity given how the message remained uncorrupted even with Paul entering the mix and also receiving the Holy Spirit. This argument can extend to speak about the existence of the church still established today. So he says something happened that caused these cowardly, deserting, fleeing disciples, apostles... Something brought them back together and unified them in their mission to promote the gospel.
1: I, in my mind, I ask our listeners to send in what they thought was their strongest argument, the thing most compelling in their mind. In my mind, that is the most compelling argument. Because as you called them correctly, Jacob, cowardly deserters when Jesus was arrested. And I'm not in the saying garden. that I'd been any better. No, we would have probably run have faster in than front of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they were. They deserted. Yeah. Uh After they witnessed the resurrection, they laid down their lives for the cause. They never stopped. Even under harsh threat, physical persecution, and even execution, they never stopped preaching the story of the resurrected Jesus. I've tried to suggest it this way, Jacob. So, let's, let's, let's just pretend it was a sham. Uh, you know, so Peter gets up in front of the apostles a couple days after Jesus died on the cross, and he said, listen, guys, uh, it's is a pretty bad situation for us our deal is pretty much done but i got an idea that we might be able to salvage a little out of this let's let's start telling people that jesus arose from the dead he, we we know he didn't we know he didn't but i think if we lied about this and said that we saw him we might get on the speaker's tour, you know, and some of these speakers draw big fees. Big bucks. Yeah. Big crowd. We, 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 we have could, lots of Facebook fans. We might get popular. We yeah. might get, we might make some money. Yeah. So let's start telling this story. Although we know, guys, we know it's not true. Let's start telling the story. So the other guys, uh, well, what do we got to lose? Okay, we'll try it for a while. So they start doing this. They, they know they're telling a lie, but they start telling this lie. But instead of getting rich and famous, what happens is they start getting beaten and thrown in jail and some of them executed. How long do you think they'd keep telling that story if they knew it wasn't true? They wouldn't have kept telling it, not a day. Not a day. Uh, So the the changed lives, the fact they went from cowards to bold proclaimers of the resurrection, to me is the most compelling proof that Jesus really is resurrected from the dead.
0: Now, in Acts chapter 4, you remember Peter, how he ran scared, denied Jesus three times. And in Acts chapter 4, he's in front of Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John Alexander, those names sound familiar. We read about them and Jesus' trial. Now he's standing before the same people that crucified Jesus when he ran scared. And he says, be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. He's in
1: front of the same people that Very condemned Jesus people. to death. The exact same people. And
0: he had run scared. And now he's bold in telling them that yeah. it what
1: a, a, a little later in that same context, Jacob, it says, they commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus, but Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than a God judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Yep. So they would not back down. All and right. that, that to me is the, at least that works best in my mind as a compelling proof of the resurrection. Number four is an interesting one from Steve in
0: Iowa tonight. He says baptism is his argument for resurrection. He says, need I say more? He references Romans chapter
1: 6, verses 3 through 6. So now baptism is still being practiced today. It's, and it's a symbol, It's a symbolic reenactment of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 6 says that. Verse 3 beginning, Know ye not that so many of us as were
0: baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like us Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted or buried together in the likeness of his death, we also shall uh, be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin
1: might be destroyed, that henceforth we should serve no longer sin. All right. So baptism, as practiced in the early church and now nearly 2,000 years later, baptism is sort of a circumstantial kind of evidence, but it's powerful. It doesn't mean it. Baptism doesn't mean anything if Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead. The, the, the symbolism breaks down completely. If Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead, you could say the same thing. He he mentioned in his previous statement there, the the, the first paragraph, that the the very existence of the church is a is sort of a. a a circumstantial evidence of the resurrection. The church grew rapidly, exponentially in the early days, and it all started right there in Jerusalem where the events concerning the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus had happened. And so the existence of the church and its early growth in Jerusalem <coughs> is proof of the resurrection. Yeah, why would the, why would disciples practice this <clears throat> baptism
0: which represents a death, a burial, and then a resurrection? If there was no resurrection, yeah, there would be a lot of people that would be dead under the water right now.
1: And, and I don't know if any of our other <laughs> listeners uh, are going to touch on this, but in the realm of circumstantial evidence, the existence of the church, the practice of baptism, I would add in the Lord's Supper. Uh, the Lord's Supper, we actually sometimes talk about celebrating the Lord's Supper. You celebrate victories, you don't celebrate defeats. And, and that's <clears> the <throat> Lord's Supper, we rep- we remember Christ death on the cross if Christ but never if, he, if it was just a death and it didn't do it and, and and it was over they won there's no there's there's nothing there to, to celebrate yeah the British don't celebrate the Fourth of July exactly all right
0: no so, no well, offense to Chris who's up next in, yeah. from the UK yeah. Chris um, we don't want to bring up He's, bad you cough, Jacob. you got me coughing. I know. Chris is uh, in the U.K. tonight. Let's, let's grab a we'll, break right, real quick, Jake. Okay, we'll get a break. Uh, and we'll come back and talk about Chris's proof. Right. This week's bullet point is up next, and then we'll get your thoughts. Now, we're going to need some more from the chat room. If you can uh, sign in there and share your arguments, we'd like to hear them. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible State will continue right after this.
2: You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages.
1: This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Picture this young girl taken captive in a war, an innocent victim in a dispute between powerful countries. Now, her freedom gone, she's obligated to perform slave duties in the house of the conquering army commander. Who is this girl? Well, she's a minor player in a well-known Bible account that centers on her slave master. And her slave master was the man Naaman. His story is found in 2 Kings 5. Naaman, as you recall, was a successful army captain, but he was also a leper. The lesson from this slave girl is found in verse 3 of 2 Kings 5. Without any hint of the hatred or bitterness that could have easily filled her heart, she suggests a positive cure for her master's affliction. Quote, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. From this minimal information, we can classify the young girl as a person of great faith. Why would that be so? Well, it's because of her one simple statement. The prophet she had reference to was Elisha. How did she know that Elisha could heal leprosy? Someone might suggest, well, she'd seen him do it lots of times before. No. In fact, Elisha had never done it before. Jesus said, quote, many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Luke chapter 4, verse 27. This girl knew that Elisha could do it because she had faith in God. Faith is, quote, evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11, verse 1. The Bible speaks of many things that we have not personally observed. Do you believe them? There are many things that God has said, including eternal promises he has made to us. Do you trust him? Are you confident that he has the power to do all things? Judgment and your eternal destiny will be determined by your reaction to the things you have not seen. How strong is your faith? Will you obey God? Read James 2, verse 26. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it.
0: My name is Cole, and I'm eight years old. My name is Thomas, and I'm seven years old. And our families
2: love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archives section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study.
0: We're back on the program tonight. I remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Send us an email, questions at collegeview.com, with uh, maybe a suggestion for a future edition of the virtual Bible study or a question you'd like answered in this format, or maybe even privately. We can answer questions privately as well, questions at collegeview.com. All right. um, So Chris in the U.K., since in his arguments for the resurrection, he says he's uh, rushed. um, He was running behind schedule. Uh, But uh, here are his arguments, and appreciate you for sitting them in, Chris. Here's how I remember it. It is the greatest feat of history.
1: F-E-A-T, feat. So he's going to do an acrostic. Oh, it's an acrostic. F-E-A-T, the greatest feat of history. Oh, so he's got four arguments, he says yeah and yeah, so it got four letters fatal torment number f, one f fatal torment jesus was was uh well he's going to explain that
0: two empty tomb a in feet is appearances to many and t is transformed life
1: so fatal torment empty tomb appearance to many transformed life i and like he, that he goes on to explain
0: that i here. like that it says fatal torment the romans knew how to kill people also if someone had survived crucifixion their punishment would be a, to be crucified themselves uh, so uh, the Romans, if they had not gotten the job done, they would have been up on the If cross. the
1: executioners couldn't accomplish their assigned duty, they themselves would be executed. Okay. That, that was the kind of discipline the Roman soldiers were under, for and, sure. And he says the
0: piercing with sword um, making blood and water come out shows the probable result of a heart attack.
1: Yeah, that, that spear that was thrust into his side. You know, they came... So Jesus was dead when they came to break the legs of the crucifixion victims. They broke the legs of the thieves who were crucified with Jesus. When they came to Jesus, they found him dead already. They didn't break his legs, which was fulfilled prophecy, of course. But the Roman soldier did thrust his spear into Jesus' side. He was already dead. But that would have been an ultimate confirmation of death. Most medical uh, experts say that that spear, the fact that it produced a visible flow of blood and water after Jesus had already been bled out effectively by all the torture that he had already suffered, that probably the only place in his body that would have had a reservoir, a, a, a significant reservoir of blood and water or body fluids would be the heart and the pericardium, the sac of fluids that surrounds the heart. And so most medical experts say very likely that spear actually went into his heart. And that's, by the way, what a Roman soldier would be trained to do. The Roman soldiers knew how to thrust a spear, and they knew how to thrust it in deadly manner. And so this Roman soldier just instinctively would have gone for the heart. He wasn't just poking around. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, and so, he, he, when you think of all that happened to him, this fatal torment, the, the scourging, the scourging itself would potentially have been fatal if Jesus had just been left alone. He, he might actually They've gone on to die from the scourging. Yeah. The crown of thorns beat into his scalp, nailed to the cross, hand and foot, and and left to hang there for six hours. I mean, no nobody could survive that. But then the spear thrust into his side, final confirmation of death. So Chris's point is fatal torment for sure. Absolutely, empty tomb. He says we know
0: Muhammad died and is buried. Some same for Buddha, King David, Abraham, and countless other prominent religious people, but not Jesus, all due to the fact that there is no body for people to visit, for he is not there.
1: Empty tomb, and as we we talked about that, I mean the the, the, the proof of the empty tomb is not debatable. It, it is acknowledged by all that the tomb where they buried Jesus was empty when they went back there on the first day of the week. <clears throat> he references appearances to many uh, as the A
0: in feet. Yes, one by one may imagine or, uh, a sighting of someone, possibly by wish fulfillment but not 500 at one time hallucination on mass does not occur.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more cuz that's one of the arguments that the skeptics make, but I agree with you Chris, the multitude of witnesses uh is is uh, overwhelming the, the significant number of eyewitnesses who saw Jesus is is stunning. And uh, as he mentioned earlier, you know, other religions are not founded upon the idea of a resurrected Savior, like we have, yeah. And uh,
0: number four, the T and feet transform lives. How does a murderous, anti-Christian, Jewish zealot bent on destroying what he he saw as a blasphemous cult turn to Paul, a fearless evangelist, writer of over half of the New Testament? If he never saw the risen Lord,
1: there you go. Uh, again, the conversion of Paul, the changed or transformed lives of all the apostles. Very significant. I like that. I never saw that. So, again, Chris's acrostic is feet. Greatest feet. F-E-A-T. Greatest feat of history. F, fatal torment. E, empty tomb. A, appearances to many. T, transformer lives. Really good.
0: All right. Uh, excellent comments tonight. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. 381 4567 Questions at collegeview.com. Lou's in the chat room tonight. Uh, good to hear from Lou. Lou says, the fact that Jesus is still performing miracles today proves he was resurrected. He is the living God not just a man that died two thousand years ago uh thank you for that comment tonight Lou appreciate that uh we we may need to talk um, on a, another a program about uh, miracles and uh and their purpose and uh whether or not they're not occurring today but uh, Jesus certainly is not just a man that died two thousand years ago uh, he still lives today now there are a lot of arguments uh against uh the idea of a resurrection a lot of folks as we mentioned have been trying to claim that are, are we have you got did we get all of your arguments that you want to cover actually, yeah, our listeners actually, I, our
1: listeners are really i think that i said at the outset of the program that we really need to be up on this as Christians. Our whole faith depends completely on, on being able to establish beyond any doubt that Jesus rose from the dead. And I think our listeners are really uh, on, on target with the arguments they make. I think they covered everything that I had on my they list. They got you. Wow, they're good. They're yeah. good tonight. So uh, okay. so let's, let's grab uh, oh, our last break and we'll run to the top of the hour talking about these skeptical arguments, Jacob. Skeptical arguments. So The skeptics
0: are many, and they wanted to claim that Jesus did not raise from the dead. We'll have lots to talk about and uh, a longer segment when we get back. So we're going to take our break, and uh, we'll take your comments on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this.
2: Enjoying the Virtual Bible Study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's
0: TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again.
3: Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it.
0: (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. And at 9 o'clock. It's the show that television magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN.
1: I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others' sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 1.28. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. 34% of Americans say they are sinners and are working on being less sinful. 28% say they are sinners and rely on Jesus to overcome their sin. Meanwhile, 10% of Americans say sin does not exist. 8% say they are not sinners. 5% say they are fine with being a sinner. That information is via Lifeway Research. The Word of God says in Romans 3, verse 23, For all have sinned to come short of the glory of God.
2: And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians three seventeen. Now back to the program. We're
0: back on the program tonight. Uh, startling statistics there, and that may explain a lot of what's going on in the world around us. Uh, sin doesn't even exist, yeah. and, and I'm okay if I'm a sinner?
2: Yeah. Huh. Crazy. Rough,
0: rough. All right. Well, we're talking about the cure for that uh, tonight, uh, Christ's death on the cross. And
1: our hope, uh, his resurrection. So our, our listeners did a really excellent job of presenting the positive evidences that Jesus rose from the dead. And, and I, I want you to notice that it's, it's not just one line of reasoning. There are multiple lines of reasoning that mm-hmm. lead to that same conclusion that Jesus was resurrected right. from the dead. Right. And I think it's really powerful. I mean, we should not be timid at all to confess our faith in the resurrected Savior. The proof is overwhelming yes. that it, it's true. Okay. Uh, but as we said, skeptics... Understand that if they're going to destroy Christianity, they got to attack that resurrection account. Yes. They got to try to prove it didn't happen, and so they've tried to do it many different ways. Um, and so I, I listed some of those. We may talk about a few additional ones, but let's just go through this list. Some skeptics claim that the re, that the resurrection didn't happen. And actually, it's just a legend or a myth that developed many years after the actual resurrection. Sort of like a Paul Bunyan story. Yeah, and, and yeah, the really good illustration there. You know, the Paul Bunyan stories about the great lumberjack. You know, every you purposefully ex- exaggerate it more every time you tell it. it yeah. The story gets bigger and bigger every time it's retold. And and they claim that's sort of what happened with the resurrection. Early Christians didn't have any idea at all about anything involving a resurrection. They never thought about it. And and it was centuries later before people started saying, you know maybe jesus was resurrected from the dead well chris in the
0: uk responds to that he says when did this claim begin because josephus wrote of people claiming he appeared alive from the first century and so uh chris says it, it there wasn't enough time for a legend like that to, exactly to get the uh, get catch wind there because they'd already been saying this from the first century uh Kent in calhoun georgia says when one proves the historical historical reality of the person of christ and the accuracy of the new testament such implies the reality of the resurrection of christ In noting the facts of the new testament record we see that the stone had been rolled back breaking the official seal of the roman government the body of christ was gone the grave cloths of christ were still lying in the tomb if his body had been stolen uh, the grave robbers would have been in such a hurry they would have not uh, been neatly arranged and had the body of christ been stolen it would have been uh, not it would not not have been permanently hidden and would have been eventually discovered.
1: All right, so, so I think that these guys are right on track. The the really so that charge that the early Christians didn't know or or talk at all about a resurrection just completely ignores the the whole narrative of the New Testament. With within days of the resurrection of Jesus, with within. 40 days of the resurrection, or well, it was actually 50 days after Passover was when Pentecost happened. Jesus was crucified on Passover weekend, he, and the gospel began to be preached on Pentecost weekend. There was a 50-day gap there. Uh, so within days, within weeks of the resurrection, the gospel was preached right in Jerusalem, where all of it happened Uh it centered on the resurrection. The very first sermon recorded in Acts 2 centers on the resurrection. Um, certainly, New, New Testament first century Christians believed in the resurrection as we do and understood it to be critical and fundamental to their faith. Uh, the idea that it, it came along later is just, I mean, it, it's just completely a, a, an outrageous bogus claim there's there's no justification for that claim whatsoever if you think about it why would christianity have grown if the guy upon whom it is founded was executed as a as a common criminal by the romans and that was the end of the story yeah what would be the reason to go further follow that Why, why would why would thousands upon thousands begin immediately to be converted right in the city of jerusalem yeah all right, so, so the idea of a legend. Yeah, the legend idea is just is silly. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. All right, number two. The second way that skeptics have tried to argue it is that the disciples only thought they saw Jesus. In their highly emotional state of mourning over his death, they became subject to hallucinations. And so they, Jesus didn't really, I mean, he wasn't literally physically resurrected, they say, but the disciples wanted it so badly that they imagined it, they hallucinated it. Well, understand that a couple of things about hallucinations. First of all, only, there's only a few certain types of psychologically affected people who are subject to hallucinations. Uh, schizophrenic people for instance often have hallucinations a few other kinds of psychologically disordered people have most people don't have hallucinations but we got lots of, we already said there's, there's over 500 witnesses of Jesus uh hallucinations are real personal in nature let's say that i am the psychologically disordered sort of person who has hallucinations and you are too. Okay. Ooh. And Kyle is also. Mm. But I'll tell you, when I have hallucination, it's different than yours, and it's different from Kyle's. We don't. The three of us would not have a simultaneously identical hallucination. But in the in the in the account there in First Corinthians 15, Paul says that more than 500 people saw Jesus at one time. So you get 500 people together. They all happen to be the same sort of psychologically affected people who have hallucinations. They all have an hallucination, and it's all identically the same with one another. That's not even possible. That's, that is not even possible. Uh, but one, going back to one point, the hallucinations are typically based upon an expectation. In other words, uh, my dear departed grandmother died. And, oh, I really wish I could see her again. So, it, And then I hallucinate that I saw her and she spoke to me. But my hallucination is based upon a deeply desired expectation. The apostles and the other witnesses of Jesus had no expectation. They did not expect Jesus to be resurrected. They thought it was all over. Yeah. They, they thought it was a done deal. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't have an expectation to see him, and therefore they would not have been inclined to hallucinate that they did see him. Yeah. So the hallucination thing just doesn't work. All right. Uh, yeah. uh Chris in the U.K. says, again, 500,
0: imagining something all together at one time. He says that doesn't work. Uh Kent in Georgia says the followers of Christ were not in an emotional state where they could not reason correctly. They had the ability to check the tomb thoroughly. Luke twenty four twenty four and John twenty verse six.
1: Yeah, did they just did did they suddenly be in their really grief def- become crazy hysterical? Yeah, no, no, uh, they they still possessed their logical mind. You know, even even Thomas said, "I'm not going to believe it until I can put my hand in his side, put my hand in the in, it, uh, in, in the, uh, the nail marks in his hands." I won't believe it until I see it. You know, we give Thomas a lot of grief over that, I think. Call him doubting Thomas and all. But, I I mean, he wanted the proof. And he said, I'm not going to believe it until I see it with my own eyes. Yep. Yep.
0: Kevin in the chat room. Kevin's up in Ohio tonight. Kevin says, remember from a couple weeks back that Muslims believe that someone other than Jesus went to the cross? Some of these arguments are just stretching for some idea that God is not involved in the lives of man.
1: Yeah. And it it is a stretch.
0: because the consequences of admitting that are too great. And so people have to come up with these crazy ideas to show that Jesus
1: didn't raise from the dead. Okay, now think about it for a minute. Uh, those those arguments that we've talked about so far, the, that it was a legend that developed later, and that the disciples actually only halluc- hallucinated that they saw Jesus, those actually are denied by the reality of the empty tomb. And we already talked about the empty tomb. The empty tomb is is an historical fact. Uh, And, uh, so those, both of those arguments that we just discussed are out the window because we know for a fact that the tomb was empty. Now, so how, how do you, how do, taking that fact into account, what do the skeptics say? Well, some skeptics say that the body of Jesus was stolen by his disciples. Okay. Um, And as you mentioned earlier, Jacob, that's the oldest story in the book. It is, uh, literally. It, it goes all the way back to the day of the resurrection in Matthew 28 when the soldiers were bribed to say that his disciples came and stole the body away. Yeah. Now, there's kind of something interesting in that story. Uh, did you notice what they were told to say? This the uh, the, the The Jewish authorities told these Roman soldiers, say ye... His disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. Mm-hmm. Two things about that. Roman soldiers don't sleep on the job because they'll be killed if they do. They know that. Okay. I mean, they had all motivation to to Stay guard away. well their, okay. their signpost. But they were told, tell them that the disciples came and stole him while we slept. They don't sleep. But let's assume that they did sleep. How do they know? How, how do sleeping men give testimony as to what happened while they were asleep? Yeah. You know, so I'm watching the football game, uh, laying on the couch Sunday afternoon, watching the football game, and I fall asleep. That happens pretty often. Oh boy. And so when I wake up, the channel has been changed to the Home and Garden Network. My wife must have changed the channel. I couldn't prove that she did, though. Because if I was asleep, I didn't see her do it. You, sleeping men can't give testimony as to what happened while they were asleep. Yep. Those Roman soldiers, if they were asleep, which they wouldn't have been, couldn't have testified to, to the disciples stealing a body if they really were asleep. So it's, it's, it's just a a whole flawed argument. Well, Chris in
0: the U.K. says, how? Two, ba- two bands of guards, one asleep, one awake, and a one-and-a-half to two-ton stone also, they took the time to leave neatly the grave clothes and the face napkin all folded up. Plus, it was first reported by the women, not the men, and they
1: were grieving. So why would I, I think? I think Chris is making an excellent point there. So if it was stolen by the body, and, and even assuming, which wouldn't be true, but just assume for point of argument that the Roman soldiers were asleep, at guard they were supposed to be guarding too. These guys have got to tiptoe in there without waking the soldiers Roll that massive stone out of the way without waking. Uh, w- yeah, without uh, waking. Uh, yeah. Get in there, grab the body. Oh, by the way, take time to take the grave clothes off and fold them and leave them neatly stashed. And then carry the body back out of dead weight. Literally dead weight. Carry the body back out, tiptoeing past those soldiers without waking them up again. I tell you, that's just that's just. Ludicrous story. Yeah, uh, Kit says Jewish guards would not have
0: placed the Roman seal upon the tomb, nor would it have been necessary for the Sanhedrin to have bribed their own soldiers to lie about the incident. The Roman guard. Would have been would have feared uh, that the matter would have been brought to the attention of the Roman officials, and that they would have been guilty of dec- uh, dereliction of duty. The large sum of money was given to these Roman soldiers with the assurance that, that from the Sanhedrin that if the matter came before Pilate, they would cover for them. Matthew
1: twenty eight eleven Exactly right, Ken. So they don't uh, it's exactly right. not
0: necessary to do all that if they had just stolen the body.
1: Yeah. So the stolen body thing doesn't work. Okay. Uh, now sort of an, a, sort of a, a, an associated or linked argument is well maybe the the disciples didn 't move the body of Jesus, maybe the body of Jesus was moved by the authorities now that is sometimes argued the, the argument is well the Jews knew they in fact they were even worried about, it, and they went to Pilate and asked for a guard in matthew twenty seven verses sixty two through sixty six they were worried that there might something happen, and, and they knew that if if we lose control of this body, we're, it'll be worse than ever. This, and so they they pleaded, and Pilate granted a guard force to be placed at the tomb. Uh, um, uh, now, so the argument is they knew that they, they they knew there was a danger that the disciples would try to interfere here, so they moved the body moved to the a body. place of safekeeping. Mm-hmm. I think what's so obviously wrong with that argument is if they had the body because they themselves had moved it, why didn't they produce it when this resurrection story started to circulate? Go get his body, drag it through the streets of Jerusalem and completely kill the the, the whole thing. If they could have, they if would they have, have. They, yeah. and they didn't. Absolutely.
0: Uh, here's what Chris in the U.K. says about that. If you're going to rehearse a lie, would you always say the same thing each time, which is how the soldier's story continu- comes across? After 50 days later, near the scene, Peter does his sermon. If they had a body, they would show it then, and the movement ends just like that. Exactly right. And Kent in Georgia says the Roman authorities would have had no motivation to steal the body of Christ, and the Jewish authorities would have defeated their own purpose of opposition to Christ by stealing his body. Their motive was to keep his body in the tomb until the third day after the resurrection. Exactly. And you know, that's an interesting thing. The time frame here is they only had to keep it in the tomb for three days. The fourth day... The gig's up, right? Yeah. The, the prophecy failed. Yeah. Just, if they had to keep it in the tomb for three we days. They need to keep it,
1: yeah, three days. All right. In a book called History and Christianity, a guy named Montgomery wrote, The Silence of the Jews. Concerning the whereabouts of the body, the silence of the Jews speaks louder than the voice of the Christians. Oh, which is interesting. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I would evaluate it that way. But the, the silence of the Jews as to the whereabouts of the bodies is very significant. Right.
0: And they had they had so much vested in this uh, not being true and, and Christ being defeated. They yeah. would have done anything they could have. If they had the body, if they could show what had happened, yeah. they would have done anything they could to produce the evidence that it didn't occur. And they
1: could not do it. Exactly right. All right. And we got one more here, and we're just going to have to hurry. We're just going to run out of time. We're a little late tonight. We're running a little long because we're we're a little late starting. Uh, but the the last argument: is What about the swoon theory? Okay. Now we'll have to explain what we mean by that. The swoon theory is that Jesus didn't really die on the cross. He was real close to death. He lo- for all the world he looked like he was dead. His his uh, pulse was undetectable his breathing was so shallow as to be unnoticeable they thought he was dead and they took him from the cross and they put him in the tomb thinking he was dead when he got in the tomb you know sort of the cool dampness of the of the tomb revived him and he got out Mm -hmm. and then he began to report that he was resurrected which, in fact, wasn't true because he never even had been dead. Yeah, you can't resurrect if you don't die. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you that story. Of all the crazy explanations, I think that's the craziest one. It denies so much. First of all, it denies all the torture that Jesus endured, the scourging, the crucifixion, and the spear thrust into his side. He was clearly dead. Roman soldiers, as one of our correspondents noted, they knew how to kill a man. They killed him. He was dead. Uh, but when you think about the burial methods, the way the Jews buried people, we don't have time to go into all that text. But actually, the the, the the gospel accounts tell us how they wrapped the body in linen strips and they and they packed in uh, sticky, gummy, uh, resinous substances, myrrh and aloes, uh, and and then they put him in the tomb and put a huge rock over the entrance. So. We're supposed to believe there's Jesus. He's so near death; have not dead already. He's not really dead, but he's very, very near death. He comes to. He's bound up in these grave clothes. I mean, he's tied up and glued together in these grave. We're supposed to believe that he fights his way out of those grave clothes. By the way, it takes time to fold them and leave them neatly behind. Right, right. He gets he he rolls that huge stone away from from the inside. He, in in his weakened state, he is able to roll that huge stone out of the way and then get out past the Roman soldiers without them noticing him. I'll tell you, people ridicule Christians for their faith. You'd have to have crazy blind faith to believe a
0: story like that. Yeah, absolutely. Chris in the U.K. says, As before my note on Roman uh, efficiency and with death, also a man whipped 39 times,
1: which he wasn't. And they were that's they a, that been. was a Jewish rule. Thirty-nine or forty stripes, save one, was a Jewish rule. The Romans didn't even have that rule. Who knows how many? times. Right. Walking at times
0: with a weight tied to him over a mile, the punches and attacks with a staff by trained soldiers, the nails and the writhing of the body to uh, solely breathe, and the sword piercing. If he survived all that after two days with no food, pushing a one and a half to two tons sealed stone. With up to eight soldiers outside, seems a tad difficult. Exactly. It seems a tad impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Chris, for your email tonight. Glad to hear from you. And then uh, Kent in Georgia says, The swoon Theory is contrary to logical and rational thinking. Crucifixion was so harsh a means of punishment that no one could survive such. The gospel records make it very clear that Christ actually experienced death. Matthew 27:50. Mark fifteen thirty seven, Luke twenty three forty six, and John nineteen thirty and thirty three. How could Christ have had enough physical strength after the crucifixion beating, the act of being crucified, and blood loss, not only to survive the uh, crucifixion but also to roll back the stone from the door from the inside of the tomb? Mark sixteen verse four. The Roman soldiers in charge of the execution would have faced terrible consequences if they had not
1: completed their work exactly right thank you Kent for that so we're we're all out of time but uh, I hope that all of us as Christians can have absolutely no fear or timidity about proclaiming our faith in the resurrected Savior the evidence is just overwhelming
0: it is overwhelming and uh, certainly the changed lives of uh, of the disciples on in the first century uh should be very much proof can i offer one more uh how about our lives do, do our lives show evidence to others of the resurrection of christ well i hope they do they should yeah they should we're told that we need to let our lives shine before men uh that uh, they can see our good works and glorify our father which is in heaven.
1: exactly right
0: so uh our lives kyle ought to be evidence of the fact that christ is raised from the dead
2: absolutely we need to be living examples of yeah Christ needs to be living in us. So I think it's a a good study. I think it's something we need to be mindful of. Kyle, thanks for being here tonight.
0: That was good. Appreciate your help. Dad, thanks for the good comments. Thanks, Jacob. And thanks for our listeners as well. We appreciate you being here. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.